God for this time we have to live. It is only those who are alive that can express gratitude. It's only those who are alive that can feel pain. It is only those who are alive that can rejoice. I know the human in us would always want to rejoice, always want to rejoice, and but never feel pain, which which is not right, which one can say is not even possible as long as we are on this earth. We will feel pain. But what our fathers instructed is that we rejoice even when we are in pain. The Bible says, in all things, not some things, but all things, give thanks. We thank God for the gift of life given unto us this morning, or this afternoon, or this evening, pending the time you are listening to this podcast. I hope you had a very good Sabbath. I hope yesterday also was pleasant to you. There is much to be grateful for. For this breath that we take in and take out, we it is it is enough to shout praises to God. For some have slept and they need to wake up. The chapters of some have come to an end even today but I am alive you are alive I can speak you can listen that is enough to thank God you know God promises one thing and that is provision safety and care for today not tomorrow not tomorrow but today The same way he has made all those promises for today, he has also said, salvation is now. Choose God now. Now, I say this because I... I say I've been blessed to hear some testimonies, to hear experiences on Saturday, even on Sunday, of how people just passed. And it was, it was a timely warning for me that this air that I breathe in, this air that you breathe in, can seize at any time. And when it does seize, where will your name be sealed? Would it be on the Lord's side or would it be on the other side? Where would it be sealed? And it keeps coming to mind that my my walk with God, your walk with God, must be a daily walk. In fact, it's not a daily walk. It must be a walk of now. Every day, every moment, we are faced with decisions Every choice we take, every choice we make, every single step we take, 
determines on which side we are ending up in or on which side we are heading towards. This Christian journey, this Christian life must be a life we live now. Must be a life we live every minute, every hour, every second. Submitting entirely to our Creator. I thank God for the word. I thank God that He is revealing Himself to us despite our sins, hoping that we turn to Him, hoping that we embrace His righteousness, hoping that we have a burning desire, a sincere longing to be like Him. If we will be like Him, if we will dwell with Him, then we must be like him don't forget birds of the same feather they flock together we must be like god don't let anybody tell you otherwise don't let anybody tell you it is impossible don't let anybody tell you you are human and you cannot be perfect rebuke such a person flee from such a person for we have an example Jesus is that example. He lived a perfect life. He lived a perfect life. I've come to see that the Bible, the Word of God, the summary of it all is just to draw us to repentance. To draw us to righteousness. That is all it's about. All of the chapters, all of the words, all of the verses is just to call us to righteousness. Adam and his wife, they were made perfect. But what did they do? They disobeyed a command. I hope this registered. They disobeyed a command. Do not eat. They didn't break the Sabbath. Although they did spiritually, but that's a story for another day. They did not break the Sabbath. Adam wasn't violent to his wife. He didn't cheat on her. He didn't worship the animals or the plants or nature he only disobeyed he ate what God expressly said thou shall not eat and for that one thing they were cast out of the garden of Eden for that one thing they ceased from seeing the face of God for that one thing God didn't appear to them physically again for eating. Why would we then believe that we cannot be perfect? Why would we then think that, oh, it's not possible to be perfect? 
no no god, god is gracious we are saved by grace think about it friend please think about it if perfect man was sent out of the presence of god because he ate what god said do not eat why do you then think or why would i think or why would anyone think that grace does everything yes grace does everything but we must choose to obey we must exercise our will to obey and this is not being said out of assumptions or assumption we have read stories we have heard the testimonies of men faithful men were faithful to the end what does god want of us what does he require of us his requirement of us is that we do justly is that we walk humbly before him that is his requirement that we show love and that we show mercy Oh, may the Lord help us. Hi, my name is Oluwa Femi, and you are welcome to the Gospel Space. Today we'll be studying Exodus chapter six. I thank God for all that He's teaching us. I thank God for these lessons, these precious gems that He's revealing unto us. We are not worthy. We are not wise. We don't have hope. It's not that we understand English or we understand how to interpret text. It is the grace and the mercy of God. Because it's desirous that we know what is truth. That we will not be deceived. He's giving us a revelation of Him. And He is telling us what He requires of us. That we should be restored to that first image. That image of perfection Jesus gave a charge he said be ye perfect as your father in heaven is perfect if you if me can't be perfect he wouldn't make that statement and impact that statement with his life today we will learn some critical lessons from the story of Moses, Aaron, and Pharaoh. I pray the Lord will teach us and open our, open our hearts to receive these lessons. Let us have a word of prayer. Our dear Father in heaven, we thank you for today. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your compassion. You have been very compassionate. You have been very tender with us. Teaching and revealing to us what we need to be opening your heart to give us your requirements because you love us because you continually invite us to dwell with you please help us that we will commit to doing your will fill us with your spirit and have mercy upon us this is our prayer we ask in Jesus name Amen
Genesis chapter 6. I just said. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand he will let them go, and with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land. And God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, Lord, I will not I was not known to them. I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, <clears throat> the land of their pilgrimage, in which they were strangers. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. Therefore, say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord, I will bring you out from under the bondings of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their bondage, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. I will take you as my people, and I will be your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God who brings you out from under the bodies of the Egyptians, and I will bring you into the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I will give it to you as a heritage. I am the Lord. So Moses spoke thus to the children of Israel, and they did not heed Moses because of anguish of spirit and cruel bondage. God has said a lot here. And we will start to observe these statements of God microscopically. Now, we see God's declaration. I, the God Almighty, I appeared to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and to Jacob. Are we noticing how God is associating these men with himself? Are you seeing why he is telling Moses, he is telling us that this is what he shall be known as all through all generations, all through all men that believe on his name. He will be known as the father of Abraham, as the father of Isaac, and as the father of Jacob. Full stop. No additions, no subtractions. This is the Bible. This is the truth we have been pleading for since the very beginning of this podcast. Secondly, He is promising them that he will take them back to the land of Canaan. When Abraham first sojourned in the land of Canaan, don't you think 
he acquired the possession of Mamre the right way. We saw him buy a key for a burial place for his wife. Don't you think he would have acquired that portion rightfully? Yes. Yes. I say this because I've had conversations with people that they say, Oh, God is not a just God. Why would he just go and take another person's land and just and just send them away or kill them and put his people there that that's not fair that's not just no God is not an unjust God he is not an unjust God from Genesis we know that Abraham had acquired that place as a home for himself A just man who had paid his dues rightly. And you see, as Abraham lived there, Isaac lived at that same place. As Isaac lived there, even Jacob went back to that same place. Is that not ownership? At that same place, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob lived. And God is now promising the children of Jacob, that is Israel, that I will take you back to that same place. God is not being unjust. God is not sending some people away because of some other people. No. That same place he promised and gave to Abraham is the same place Isaac's son lived and it's the same place Jacob lived before they went to the land of Egypt because of the famine. God is a just God. God is a just God. Let us go on. And the Lord said, Go, and the Lord said to Moses, saying, Go in, tell Pharaoh king of Egypt to let the children of Israel go out of his land. Now, before we go further, we saw the reason why the children of Israel didn't believe was because of their bondage they were going through pain and they were like after the first attempt they increased our burdens and you Moses is coming here to tell us again that oh the Lord will set you free they didn't listen and God used another approach in the first time we see that God went the extra mile to convince these people oh cast your rod down to turn to a snake take a um, take some water out of a stream when you pour it on the ground it will turn to blood he first used those wonders to convince them but now we are seeing a different approach 
as they didn't believe, God now instructed Moses to go to Pharaoh, the source of their agony, and to speak with Pharaoh. Moses then said, How then shall Pharaoh heed me, since the children of Israel didn't heed me? For I am of uncircumcised lips. This approach is an approach that can be used in every phase of life. Take our health for instance. If I have a headache or if you have a headache, it is not wise to be looking to treat the headache. No. With this pattern, we are learning from God, the Creator. It is only wise to follow after His steps. Now, instead of looking to treat the headache, we are to look for the source of the headache in the first place. Identifying the source is healing. Because you will now change right, uh, you then start to exhibit right habits and it doesn't end there. Now you know what not to do for headaches to never come again. Now that is a lot different from just treating the headache. If you just treat the headache, it would come back another day. But if you go after the cause of the headache, you won't only heal, I didn't say treat, you wouldn't only heal that headache, but you will know what not to do in order for that headache not to come again. God wants to give us not only a knowledge of his power, but he wants to give us knowledge of how to live in every. Now, I don't I don't think I know how to emphasize every. Like in every face, in every aspect of our life, he wants to instruct us. And this is why we always plead for the Holy Spirit to teach us so that we don't only get the surface lessons but we understand every principle we understand and grasp everything he is giving us as we study then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and gave them a command for the children of Israel and for Pharaoh king of Egypt to bring the children of Israel out of the land. Now there is a reason now it I think now is the right time for us to understand how God how God does things. When God says, I will do so, 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 and so, we need to understand how he does things. 
I'm taking a pause to actually think of an example to use that would paint the picture super, super clearly. I would like to touch on a future story of which we would get to and by God's grace, I would reiterate everything I'm going to say today. The Lord told the children of Israel, if you obey me, if you do as I have said, as I have commanded, I will not put upon you the sicknesses of the Egyptians. The Egyptians suffered sicknesses that a lot of people suffer today. They suffered similar sicknesses. And I know this because I searched for it. The Egyptians, they mummify, they embalm the bodies of their pharaohs and all these clergy people. And so people, um, scientists were able to do, conduct tests on those bodies. And they see that, and they saw that these men, they died of diabetes, cancer, and all of these sicknesses that are not strange to us. Now, when God said he will not put the sicknesses of the Egyptians upon the Israelites, it's not that... Oh, sickness is one spirit that is flying and saying, Oh, who would I enter today? Who would I enter today? No. When he said, I will not put the sicknesses of the Egyptians upon you, he gave them counsels on what to eat. Now, do you see that if they did obey his command, as they had told them in the beginning, if you obey my command, I will not put the sicknesses of the Egyptians upon you. If they obeyed his command as to what he has instructed that they can eat and what they cannot eat, then the diseases of the Egyptians will not fall upon them. God is not a magician. Is not a sorcerer. He is a God that commands righteousness and would always abide by the laws of cause and effect. Now we will see a present example of what God means by I will bring you out the land of Egypt. Now, God wasn't going to compel or hypnotize Pharaoh. No. As he has told Moses, he is going to do things that would propel Pharaoh to say, go. He would cause things to happen that would make Pharaoh by himself Tell the Israelites to go. In the beginning of today's study, we read that with a strong hand, he will send the children of Israel away. 
Let's continue. These are the heads of their father's houses. The sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, were Hanok, Palu, Hezron, and Kami. These are the families of Reuben. And the sons of Simeon were Jemuel, Jamin, Ohad, Jachim, Zohar, and Shaul, the sons of a Canaanite woman. These are the families of Simeon. Before I read the families of Simeon, uh, before I read the next uh, names of the of the sons of Levi, according to their generations, I want us to take note. All these names that are mentioned, they are all men, 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 men. Now, do you see why the second Pharaoh before this current Pharaoh was afraid that ah, the children of Israel, they are waxing stronger? Do you see? Now, the sons of Levi were Gershon, Kohath, and Mirari. And the years of the life of Levi were 137. Were 137. Now, hearing this figure, we understand that the children of Israel, that is the 12 sons of Israel, they were a long generation after Abraham. In fact, what am I saying after Abraham? After Noah. Oh, I pray you remember. After the flood, God said to Noah, I will reduce the age of man to 120 years. Now, do you think do you think God just said, Oh yeah, this is the limit? No, I will cut your life. No. No, 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 no. We have learned how God does things. If you obey, if you obey my command, I will not impute upon you diseases. Don't forget. The first Pharaoh, the Pharaoh that was on seat, that was on the throne during the time of Joseph, saw the father of Joseph and said, How old are you? Meaning he was surprised. So what am I heading at? What am I saying? What am I saying? After the flood, God introduced flesh into man's diet. Before flesh, what was man eating? He was eating fruits. He was eating nuts. And he was eating vegetables. And man lived long. Very long. Then after the flood, God said, Oh, before the flood, he said, The wickedness of man was exceedingly great. And he said it will reduce the age of man. It would reduce the years man lived. Now, after saying he would do that, what did God then do? He then added flesh 
to manhood. Now, flesh was added to man's food not only for that reason, but the primary reason it was added was because God destroyed everything and there was nothing for them to eat. But that also was a reason. That also was the means to reduce the age of man. Let us touch on the story of the Egyptians again. If you obey me, I will not impute upon you the sicknesses that I put upon the Egyptians. Man didn't fall sick when he was only eating herbs and fruits and nuts. No. He started to fall sick when he started eating flesh. I don't want to go ahead of myself. We will get to chapters where we would hear God by himself teach us these things. The sons of Gashon were Libni and Simi, according to their families. And the sons of Kohas were Amram, Izhar, Hebron, and Uziel. And the years of the life of Kohas were 133 years. The sons of Merari were Mali and Mushi. These are the families of Levi according to their generation. Now, Amram took for himself Jechebel, his father's sister, as wife, and she bore him Aaron and Moses. Now, do you see how the Bible is silent on women? In Exodus chapter 1, we read that it was Moses' sister that stood afar and was watching the basket wherein Moses was put in. But now, when mentioning the children of Moses' parents, that is Amram, we are not hearing of his sister, but of himself and his brother. And the years of his life of Amram were 137 years. The sons of Isa were Korah, Nepeg, and Zitri. And the sons of Uzir were Mijael, Elzaphan, and Zitri. Aaron took, Aaron took to himself Elishaba, daughter of Aminadab, sister of Nahash, Nahahon, Nahahon as wife, and she bore him Nadab, Abihu, Eliza, and Ishama. And the sons of Korah were Asir, Eknan, and Abshaf. These are the families of the Korahites, Korahites, Korahites. Eliza's sons took for himself one of the daughters of Putiel as wife, and she bore him Phinehas. These are the heads of the father's houses of the Levites of the father's houses 
of the Levites, uh, sorry, of the fathers' houses of the Levites, according to their families. It's interesting. Aaron saw his son's sons. This man lived. They lived. That's interesting. Now, these are the sons of Aaron and Moses, to whom the Lord said, Bring out the children of Israel from the land of Egypt according to their armies. These are the ones who spoke to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring out the children of Israel from Egypt. These are the same Moses and Aaron. So now we are getting a clearer picture that the people that went into Pharaoh weren't just Moses and Aaron. No. They went as an army to meet Egypt. Eh, I say to meet Egypt. To meet Pharaoh. Let us take those verses again. Let's take those verses again. These are the sons of Aaron and Moses to whom the Lord said, Bring out the children of Israel from the land of Egypt according to their armies. These are the ones who spoke to Pharaoh, that is Moses, Aaron, and their sons. They spoke to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring out the children of Egypt, uh, the children of Israel from Egypt. These are the sons of Aaron and of Moses. Now, like we've been learning in the book of Genesis, do we see how God says something in one portion and in subsequent portion he paints the full, full entire picture? It makes it very, very clear to us. Now, it is for this reason, now that we have this knowledge, now we now need to be careful of just taking one story or taking one statement and just running with it. We must understand what God has said before that statement. There is a need for full understanding. My friend, we cannot take one part. We can't take one portion. We can't take just one statement and let's just fly with it. We must understand it in its entirety. And it came to pass on the day the Lord spoke to Moses in the land of Egypt, that the Lord spoke to Moses saying, I am the Lord. Speak to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, all that I say to you. But Moses said before the Lord, Behold, I am of uncircumcised lips, and how shall Pharaoh heed me? My dear friends, God is the best teacher. And I see how he's instructing us slowly 
he is instructing us gently. He is repeating to us as he repeated to Moses over and over and over again that his words may be established in our hearts. Please let us meditate upon these words. Let us meditate upon this experience. Let us bury these things in our heart that we may know how God will deal with us since he deals with men of old this same way and we know that he is a God that does not change. He is the same yesterday. He is the same today. And he is the same forever. A word of encouragement will be coming from the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 19. And it says, For the mountains shall depart, the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has mercy upon you. Have a blessed day. And we'll meet again some other time. God bless you.